Hello and welcome to the Sheffield Libraries podcast. My name is Alexis and my guest today is Sheffield Library's very own writer-in-residence, Nick Perring. As well as teaching and editing, Nick is a published author of five books, including short story collection Not So Perfect. In this episode, Nick will give his top tips to those of you who fancy dipping your pens into the world of writing. Right, so welcome to the podcast, Nick. It's lovely to have you here, finally. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you? Good, good, thank you. How are you? I'm really, really good. Really, good. really good. Excellent. You've been Sheffield Writers in Res- Residence now since January 2020, and we felt it was high time you visited our podcast. So can you tell us a little bit more about what this role has involved for you? I can. Um, so, yeah, I think, and I've said this a few times before, that this has been the absolute perfect job or the perfect role for me um when I was asked back in the summer of 2019 if I'd like to do it I absolutely jumped at the chance because it's doing what I love in the city that I really really love um and the role has been basically um I suppose a beacon of writing to uh the whole of Sheffield so there's been loads and loads of provision that we've we've put on loads and loads of introductions to writing we're getting people writing who might not have um tried it before or might have been a little bit scared to do it before We've worked with all ages from primary schools, to high schools, we've done older young people as well um, to adults, regardless of kind of experience levels as well as age. Um, you know, the role is basically to get people writing and to show everybody that it's not as difficult as you might think. It's not as daunting as you might think it is. Um, and because I believe and I think anybody, if they think about it, for a moment will believe it too that everybody's got an opinion about stuff everybody has feelings and everybody has things that they might want to get out there be it fiction you know be it made up be it a truth um shown in a poet or be it a truth wrapped up in fiction and i think my role a big big part of it as well as showing people that it isn't as difficult or those who are kind of already on their journey um helping them make that next step up is kind of giving them a voice and giving people the opportunity to express it and an audience as well, um, a few of the things that we've done, well, a lot of the things that we've done have involved some sort of output, be it a book or a podcast like we're doing today, or uh, we've got a few things coming up which might have already happened by the time people are listening to this, uh, where there'll be people reading videos, uh, video themselves, sorry, reading um, things. We've had uh, films made as well. Um, it's just been, it's been a real, real brilliant, brilliant few months. And it is kind of what you do anyway isn't it I mean this this is the sort of stuff that you've been doing for years in some respects and highlighting writing and, and helping people and, and providing those stepping stones into writing we've just worked in partnership with yourself and Hive South Yorkshire and Sheffield Libraries to ramp it up a bit I suppose and make it more available to everyone in Sheffield I think so. I the think, end. you know I think the problem that a lot of people have even if they take taken writing seriously for, for a while which I did you know right at the beginning is you don't really know what you're doing um, mm. because the, I mean there are courses you can go to creative writing courses there's, there's writing groups you can go to which I guess are only as good as the people who are running them there are MAs you can do in it but the actual mechanics of being a writer it, it, it's a little bit tricky to know where to start if you especially if you've never done it before mm. um, and I have I've spent a long time working you know with all people I mean my background I'm a writer I'm an author first and foremost and I've published five books and I've been lucky enough to have loads and loads of short stories published worldwide and performed on stage and read on radio and all that kind of thing. But I, I've spent an awful lot of time teaching people how to write and showing people 
um, what they need to do in order to, you know, to write well, and then, you know, what to do once they've written well. Um, and I, as I say, because nobody showed me what to do, it took me a long, long time to figure out what I should be doing and where I should be sending things, or even where I should be looking um, for advice or, or to, where to uh, where to send things to. And I wanted to make that journey a little bit easier because um, I think especially once you get a little bit further along, it can look like a bit of a, a closed club, um, yeah. you know, being a published author and that you need some yeah, It's notoriously secret. difficult to get into, I think, or, or it feels notoriously difficult to get into. I don't know. Is yeah. that actually the case? I don't know. Um, yes and no. It, you need to have something good. You know, mm. you need to have written something really good to start off with. But um, publishers, magazines, wherever you're hoping that your work's going to end up, um, you're only dealing with people who want the same things as you. You know, they, they want to put good stuff out there. So I think if you get that bit right and you concentrate on creating something that is good, then, then you're halfway there. And you know, as I say, you're, you're only dealing with people who mm. um, are the same as us. You know, they, an editor will only want to put out good stories for their magazine or, or their, a publisher will only want to put out good, good um, stories or the books from their publishing house so yeah concentrate on that bit's the most important bit and then kind of finding out the correct ways to to approach them is mm. is kind of key okay so i say i'm a uh, a writer i've dabbled in writing i've got my notebook i've written some scribbles i'm finding i'm really enjoying it where do i go from there where's the first step into a deciding whether it's something you want to do um more professionally or just nurturing that kind of want I think you've already taken the first step uh, mm. and the second as well. You've started and you've enjoyed it. Um, I say this an awful lot when I'm teaching, you know, you will enjoy writing if you enjoy what you're writing. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, when a lot of people start, they might think oh, I have to write in a certain way or I have to write a certain thing or I have to write about a certain topic. And you don't, you know, nobody or, or very few authors have got, you know, that kind of gun to the head with the publisher say you, you need to write this book next. You need to write about mm. that. Uh, you don't what I think makes a good writer is the ability to come up with good interesting new ideas and then translate them into good work be it fiction poetry um you know plays or screenplays or anything like that um so focusing on on that enjoyment and it, you know exploring that I think is absolutely key um and then once you get to the, the stage where you think you're any good I think it's time for somebody else to maybe have a look at it um I always advise against sending it to like family and friends because they will yes. be nice to you well most of them will be nice to you not not all of them um and they'll be very keen to pat you on the back and say well done you finished a novel which yeah. is you know it's a heck of an achievement anyway finishing a story or a poem or a novel um there's definitely writers groups you, you, you can join there's um there's, there's workshops that we put on as part of the year the year of reading I'm always happy to take a look at stuff and and offer my feedback um you can go to editors i mean the problem with editors is that they they do charge and they charge quite a bit of money because it's a lot of time mm -hmm. editing somebody's work but i mean i think that the thing to do is look at sending stuff out there have a look who publishes the same sort of things that you write that's the most important thing and you've got to be a little bit um objective with it and maybe a little bit tough on yourself and say well is what i'm writing good enough you know it, once you get into the stage where you're sending books out certainly you, you're competing with with everybody that you see on a shelf mm. of waterstones uh but any sort of peer review things you know get getting uh, join a, a writing group draw, draw a, join a forum online to get feedback from people that don't know you i think that's mm. a really really important yeah. thing but mo mostly come on down to to one of our 
sessions. They're all free. They're all there in order to help you. I think going on from that, enjoyment kind of bit of advice, second bit of advice is writing, even if you're doing it as a kind of hobby with a view to getting published, it is a profession. It is a craft. Um, and a lot of writing work isn't anything to do with words or anything like that. It is reading or listening. You don't have to read it. You know, mm. I think stories are everywhere. You can hear them in audio books. You can see them being performed and stuff like that. But making it your business to find out what's going on, I think is really important. And that's your kind of professional duty, mm. which goes hand in hand with, you know, seeing who's publishing what. And, and mm. from that, you know what, you'll find really interesting works. You'll find really interesting books that you might not have come across before I know certainly on my journey I I'd had still I had a book out and I'd had I'd stuck there I had a children's book out to start off with and I'd have I'd had stories for adults published and then I read Amy Bender and I read Edgar Carrett two really brilliant short story writers who were writing the sort of things that I was writing but was too embarrassed to send anywhere because I thought they were too daft and reading that made me realise, one, that other people write that sort of thing, mm. and two, that other people buy it, you know, people mm. enjoy it. So in doing your research and seeing who publishes, you know, similar sorts of things. I think it's buy- really key for um, if you, I mean, we we get a lot of self-published books donated to the library, and you can always tell the people who have really heavily researched their target market and read other books in that same genre because they pitch it right the number of pages is right you know publishers do have quite strict in a lot of cases formats that they go with for picture books and it doesn't mean to say you can't stray from that but I think researching and, and staying as close to that with that unless you have very good reason to veer from it is really important and just knowing your market knowing your audience and um, who you're writing for what you, what you want it to achieve as much I, as anything. I think so you know that's a part of, a, of that thing about doing your job properly mm. making sure that you're doing you know if you wanted to train to be a footballer or something like that you know you wouldn't train to play 300 minutes you would make sure you found mm. out that a game of football is 90 minutes long yeah because that helps the people uh, who are going to help you and yeah I mean absolutely I mean picture books especially in genre fiction and yeah. a lot of romance and and crime have, have got quite a prescriptive way of doing things with certain publishers I know Mills and Boone certainly do and again you know it's your duty I mean but the first thing you know write for fun that is the most important thing enjoy it don't worry about who's going to see it or who's going to you know criticize it but if you do want to make that stage up that step up make sure that you know um what you're sending um because I mean I don't want to talk about being professional too much because I think there's other things I want to talk about that's going to benefit everybody but I know from my own experience, I've been published by independent presses and, and HarperCollins. So I've seen it from, from both ways. And what I do know is that um, most editors at publishing houses are absolutely inundated with manuscripts mm. and, and editors from magazines. And it gets to a point, if you're getting 500 brand new books of you know introductions, first 10,000 words of books landing on your doorstep every week, you will be looking for reasons to say no so you can move on to the stuff that you're actually supposed to be doing and that's looking after the books that you've got on your books um so if somebody sees you know a story about a killer clown and they only publish you know children's books or they only publish romance that's going straight in the bed or that's you know getting a rejection straight away similarly you know if, if you've written a picture book that's that's 10 pages too long a lot of other people will have written picture books that aren't 10 pages too long and they're the ones that are going to get an editor's attention yeah absolutely do your research because it also shows that you're taking it seriously doesn't it you know yeah absolutely it's not just a kind of exercise in 
in mm. having fun and trying to make a quick buck or anything mm. like that. I know a lot of people do it when they, when they have children. And that's a brilliant way to start because it's like you've got a captive audience and you want to entertain them. That's, that's really good fun. Um, but once you've you finished the fun bit, that's where the professional bit starts and you have to kind of mm. go, right, how do I do this? You know, what would a publisher want? And most publishers will have guidelines on their website. If you look in yeah. the submission guidelines section, they'll tell you what they want. Um, so they are trying to make it easy yeah. for you. A friend of mine has um, recently uh, got her book accepted, which is really exciting, which she had over 70 rejections. And through that whole process of sending off her manuscript, she was honing it the whole time. But if you do want to get in that field, persistence and a thick skin and a bit of a determination yeah. and, a, and time is you really, do. really you crucial. I said earlier that, you, you know, you're only dealing with people. And mm. what's interesting with that is, I mean, I'll, I've judged a lot of competitions. So I, I've seen it from that side as well, as well as mm. being rejected a lot of time. And I think as a, a writer, everybody gets rejected. It's nothing personal. You kind of wear it as a badge of honour. Um, because what you do, you, you are, you're asking somebody for their opinion on something. So that they'll look at a, a book or a manuscript or, and they'll say, do I like it? Or do mm. I love it enough to publish it? And I say this so so often. If I asked anybody out there to list me the top ten books, the top ten films, you know, whatever, I'm going to do that in a bit. So they would miss. They would miss out so many absolutely brilliant pieces of work. My top yeah. ten wouldn't have Pride and Prejudice in it. I wouldn't have Tolstoy in it, for instance. That's not to say that they're not brilliant books. It's just for me, for what I would want to put out there, I wouldn't mm. choose, you know, those particular books. Mm. So, whereas somebody's saying it's not for me, which is what you generally tend to get. Yes that doesn't necessarily mean that it's rubbish from my own my judging experience you kind of get out of 100 manuscripts or 100 poems or 100 stories whatever it is you'll probably get 80 which are really really good 20 will be not quite there yet or sent to the wrong person mm. or, or the wrong wrong competition or the wrong uh, publisher or whatever but that top 20 all of them could win yeah. Um, it's a horrible job you know just picking that one that you just feel most connected to or the one that, that moved you the most it, and the sad thing is that everything else is a rejection because mm. you're not coming first. But yeah. like I said, you know, if you're if somebody's saying no, it's not for us, that's genuinely all it means. Like with that other 19% or whatever it is, um, who could have been published because it's good enough, all you're being told is for me, from this particular individual, I didn't quite love it enough, or I just preferred something else. You know, we've got a right to do. It. And it's hard. It can be really, really disheartening and really demoralizing, yeah. especially when you get into like 70. But then if you've done the bits right that you should have done right, got the writing yeah. bit right and, you know, been committed to it, it will find a home in the end. Mm. You mentioned competitions. Do you think it's worthwhile people entering competitions? I think so. It's a way of practising. It's a way of getting used to um, submitting things professionally, getting used to being patient because a big part of writing is waiting. It takes a long time for things to come through. You were talking before about agents mm. or publishers. Three months, they often say, is the yeah. average. And then often you don't get you get, don't get a response because they'll say if you haven't heard from us in three months, assume it's a no. Uh, so I think that's all all great opportunities. With my hive hat on, you said you may mention hive South Yorkshire, and I've done for, for the past five years. It was brilliant. We did provide writing things for um, fourteen to thirty year olds. Uh, we run a competition. There's an opportunity to be published in it in an anthology. At the end of that, you, not necessarily the winner, but the ones that are highly commended get to go in a book. And if you're wanting to build a writing portfolio, a writing CV, I think it's really useful for a publisher 
you know, whoever it is you want, to, you want to impress with your next book, to see that you've been committed enough and good enough that somebody else has put their name to your work. So, yeah, 100%. And you know what? It might also give you ideas. If you go through, there's loads of competition listings. We do it on our website. You might see something that, you know, a competition on, I don't know, the spring. You think, well, do you know what? I've got a cool idea about the spring now that I didn't mm. have before. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely enter competitions. I think that's a, mm. a good a good way to keep your writing eye in. Excellent. Fantastic. So talking of groups, if you want to improve your writing or practice your writing um, or develop it, entering competitions is great. You also run numerous workshops and groups um, as you're part of your writer in residence role. You've been running groups for adults. You've run groups for children, running groups for teens as well. So tell us a little bit more about the groups you run. It's clear that there's a benefit doing that. I mean, I've participated in some of your adult workshops and it, even as a non-writer, somebody who doesn't want to do it professionally, I really enjoy being inspired and writing and just having a go. And I think that's what those groups are great at encouraging. Uh, I mean, the groups and the sessions that we've been doing for the year of reading have been been brilliant because oh yeah I think when you write it, it's an interesting one because it's a really solitary thing you don't mm. do it with anybody it's not like gonna have a game of tennis or a game of snooker yeah. or pool or whatever you're it doing it perfect lockdown activity really isn't it <laughs> it is it really really is you can't go outside so go inside your head uh, and I think attending an online session online class whatever you want to call it it's a way of of being with other writers or other people in the same position as you and that's really, really healthy because I, my background, I come from a little village, sort of South Manchester, Cheshire way, and there was nothing at all here mm. in terms, I mean, the town I came from was, was officially the least cultured place in the country. We didn't even have a cinema. Um, so, you know, the opportunity actually to be in the same room, be that virtually or, you know, in person with somebody else doing what you're doing is really, really important. Um, and also getting it sounds a little bit arrogant but uh, because I don't think what I do is particularly special I'm just I'm lucky enough to be good at it and lucky enough to have, have been able to sustain it but being in the same situation the same room as somebody who does it for a living is really really useful as well because I think a lot of people have got a weird idea on what authors are they're either wizards mm. or they're, they're, they're living in some garret or some castle somewhere I'm pretty sure uh, they are wizards we're not we, we we make some sort of magic if we're lucky but we don't and you know being able to show you that you know i i am not academically gifted at all um i'm good at what i do and i'm good at you know putting my thoughts uh out there clearly uh, and making stuff up but i think having the opportunity to like i say to sit in the room with somebody who does it to be able to see that it's not as difficult or daunting as you might think it is and kind of get tips from people who do this day in day out is massive massively helpful mm. even if it just takes away the that kind of fear factor um of it and you know i mean we've done that you mentioned high south yorkshire before again um uh, we do that 14 to 19 year olds we have yeah. um regular uh, fortnightly writing groups so and how again, can people find out about hive go onto the website www.hivesouthyorkshire.com uh, you'll see all the information there but yeah we've got fortnightly groups for 14 to 19 year olds we have writers days we run competitions um at the moment we're doing it online there's going to be a bunch of podcasts going up shortly there's an anthology you can submit to so there's, there's loads of ways to get involved we go all the way up to 30 years old outside of the groups um and we'd love to see people there you know it's free and we want to be able to help as many people as possible and 
again, you know, being able to sit in the same room as other people with the same interests is lovely. You know, it's mm. a sense of community. You're not as on your own. And you get to do that cool thing that I never got to do is you get to hear what people think of your work. And that's such a nice thing. And also, you know, hearing somebody laugh in the right place. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. a lovely, lovely reaction. Even just somebody saying, I really like that. Mm. Um, because I, I believe firmly that writers, or probably anybody, we run on confidence. If you're confident yes. in what you're doing, you will do it better. Um, and that's, yeah, that's, I think, a really, that I think, should I say, is a really, really important thing. So somebody is wanting to get into publishing. Do you think mm -hmm. an agent is necessary? That's a good question. Uh, it depends. I've been writing professionally since 2003, I think, either two or three. And I've published loads of short stories. I've had five books out and I've never had an agent. Mm. I've never, I approached one with a book that was awful and they were absolutely right to, to throw it into the bin. But other than the thing that I've just finished writing, I've never approached an agent and I've done all right. I've done well. Mostly, I'm going to sort of caveat that by saying I'm mostly a short story writer. Mm -hmm. Usually, unless you're a, you know, a pretty established name, agents aren't that interested in short story collections because they don't sell as well as mm. um unless you're George Saunders or something like that. They don't sell as well as crime fiction or, or anything like that. What an agent does is put your work in front of editors at publishing houses uh, and look after your whole kind of writing interests. So they can sell foreign rights for you, film rights, if you're lucky enough to do that, TV rights and stuff like that. But fundamentally, they're kind of gatekeepers and they, they act as a filter uh, of stuff that they think publishers, usually bigger publishers, would want, uh, would want to work with. So if you can get an agent, absolutely wonderful, ideal, you know, they can put your work in front of people. But I didn't. What I did was spent my time researching publishers who published similar sorts of things that I wrote. And I was really lucky. I, I think the first couple that I approached first for books uh, were the people who ended up publishing me. Uh, and that includes that with Roast Books I was with, EPS before that, who did the children's book and HarperCollins for Freaks. Uh, so I didn't need one. That's not to say I'll be better off with one. I don't know. Um, but no, I don't think you need one. If you write in with a certain audience in mind or with a certain genre in mind, I think it probably helps. You're not likely to be getting, you know, Hollywood rights sold if you don't have an agent or something like that. But there are plenty of publishers out there. And I think, yeah, I would always say don't limit yourself to just the ones that you've heard of, to, you know, straight off the bat. You know, the HarperCollins, the Faber there's a lot of really amazing independent publishers out there there are and there's loads of people doing cool stuff uh, in terms of yeah winning the big prizes Fitzcarraldo editions uh do amazing stuff and they won some big stuff and other stories who are based above yeah, uh, the central library do amazing mm. amazing books I really really love those those books as well so yeah I would always look at both um and again look at what the sort of stuff that you're writing you know it might not suit an agent and that's fine you know it doesn't mean you're a worse writer you're going to do yeah. uh, Blue Moose or another really really cool uh, publisher based up in Hebden Bridge so the other thing to consider as well is most publishers tend to be down in London uh, I know a lot of them mm. are kind of moving north uh, with this great kind of cultural migration that's happening but um, as I say Blue Moose up in Hebden Bridge and other stories here in Sheffield it's worth kind of looking beyond you know the ones that you've heard of and like I say you'll probably find some really cool books mm. uh, which yeah. might inform what you write next. Absolutely yeah I think that's very true. What are your top writing tips for anybody who just wants to enjoy writing, forget getting published or anything like that, somebody who just wants to get started? 
Top tips. Oh, right. Without assuming you're going to show anybody. Um, Cause that will oh, interesting. make you worried. I think if you think somebody's going to read it, Kurt Vonnegut, one of my favorite authors of all time. Yeah. Amazing. He was, he was um, a, a elementary school in America wrote to him asking the same sort of thing. And he's saying, go home, write a silly poem, write a story and don't show anybody because it's not for anybody else. It's for you to enjoy. Um, and I think enjoy it is the most important thing. Write about what you want to write about. Don't think you have to write in a certain way because you don't. The cool thing about writing is that it, it, you are the best person to write whatever you want to write about. You're the best qualified for it because you are you. So write for enjoyment, write to make yourself laugh, entertain yourself, scare yourself don't treat it like school you know don't try and hide your good ideas behind long words and complicated sentences or anything like that the best writing in my opinion allows your ideas to be seen really clearly mm. so you don't need to be using all those you know big complicated methods of writing all this syntax complications use the sort of language you use with your with your friends with your mates with your family mm. your dog or your cat whoever it is you talk to write to surprise yourself I think that's that's a really interesting one as well. And don't try and copy anybody. You probably will do to start off with. You mm. copy who you like, but you know, trust your voice. Use the words, like I said, that you would use, the language that you would work, use with your mates. And don't be scared by your ideas. Some of the best ideas are the, the kind of weirdest ones, you know, um, blue boxes that are bigger on the inside that are actually a time machine and a spaceship. You know, mm. it doesn't sound like the, the most logical of ideas at all, does it? The Life of Pies, don't always mention, you know, the boy yeah, stranded on a boat with a tiger sounds so, so short because that's what uh, tigers eat boys. That's what they do. But The Life of Pies is a really, really great, great story. Magic wardrobes, flying carpets mm. sound ridiculous until, you know, we found out that actually what happens on them and that Narnia is on the other side of the wardrobe. Yeah, but definitely have fun with it. That's what mm. we do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the the writing in kind of plain language was a really key thing that I learned from from your workshops mm. about simplifying down and not having to be over dramatic with your language and and cle too clever with it. Actually, if you've got a really good idea, it'll stand alone. Yeah, and as much as we're playing, you know, we're not we're not playing at being a writer. And yeah. I like you know, if you if you try and sound like a writer, you sound like somebody trying to sound like a writer. Yes, yeah. you know, and people do they sit. They talk, they reply, they don't have to holler or yowl or screech mm. or anything like that. You know, don't say yeah. don't hide your, your good ideas, your cool ideas behind mm. complicated sentences and long words. There's no need to look at books, look at the language that writers mm. use in books. We use the right words when we can. Most of those are usually, you know, 89% of the time, really straightforward. Well, talking of research and books, I know you're a big reader. I've had loads of recommendations from you over the years. Yes. So can you share with us your top three favourite reads? Oh, I'm making that, you limit it to three. That is <laughs> the cruelest question. The, the top three ones that I kind of always go back to when I recommend stuff. Mm. Uh, when you asked me right at the beginning of the year of reading Residency or my favourite of the book that I'd recommend, I recommended Kawakami's and I think I said Strange Weather in Tokyo by Kawakami, uh, which is translated from Japanese. I think it's a, an incredibly fun book. And again, it's not difficult to read. I'm not going to recommend mm. anything that's... It's not a long read either, is it? It's quite a... No, no, no it's not. Um, I'm going to recommend... I think I've said this to you the other day, didn't I? Mm. Um, that uh, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Mm. I'm that, excited to read that. Yeah, when I read that over lockdown, I think that was my favourite ever reading experience. I think it's probably a perfect novel. I think it's absolutely wonderful. It's by Betty Smith. 
and it was published in the 1940s or 1930s. And again, I think it's important um, that it was a woman writing mm. about kind of growing up in Brooklyn and the poverty and the community spirit and the strength of women at that time uh, in pretty dire troubling circumstances but mm -hmm. also being reminded that you know as poor as you're and as, as rubbish as things can be that um people help and that you know good spirit and song and music gets you through it so a hundred percent a tree grows mm -hmm. in brooklyn by betty smith <clears throat> my third one <clears throat> i'm gonna tie it because i always used to say slaughterhouse five by yes. kurt Vonnegut because i think it's brilliant and hilarious yeah, it is ridiculous um <laughs> but i'm also gonna say Something a little bit different. I'm going to recommend, I've already said Amy Bender and Edgar Carrett, K-E-R-E-T. Uh, their short story collections are amazing. I'm yeah. going to, I'm just looking at my favourite bookshelf down there. Uh, I'm going to recommend Dear Everybody, which is uh, a novel in letters. It's, uh, I'm not going to give it away too much, but I mean, it's an, it's an incredibly moving book. It's really sad, yeah. um, but it's a celebration as well, of the, the kind of the good things about life and the and a relationship. So Dear Everybody by the brilliant and the very lovely Michael Kimball. Slaughterhouse Five is about a bloke being lost in time. He keeps waking up in different mm. time periods. Again, the, these sound like ridiculous ideas, but they are, which is what I was saying before, wasn't it? But they are um, really affecting and really yeah. fun, uh, fun books. And as I say, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, I just think it's magical. And it's funny, since I mentioned that on, on Facebook and social media, loads of people have come back and said, oh my God, I've got that, that is my favorite book. <laughs> I found out about it because I was researching publishers. I was researching oh, other okay. things yeah. and it was on a list of American classics uh, and I'd never heard of it before. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that, they're my recommendations anyway. Fantastic. That, that's a great three and three very, very different books, I would say as well. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so what's next on the cards for you? Your writer uh, residence role, how long is that due to continue? Because we have extended it, haven't we? Due to COVID, it completely changed how the year of reading looked. <laughs> I had to learn new skills with that um, because obviously yes. we, we, don't, we spent loads of time planning for a year's worth of, of cool stuff in front of people. And then COVID happened in March and everything got quite sensibly closed down. So everything shifted online, which we've done really well with. But yeah, we're continuing that to be confirmed. And there will be stuff in between times. I've loved it. Uh, and I want to continue doing good things mm. uh, in terms of work. Yeah, I'm always writing. Uh, at the moment, I'm in a stage, I've finished a book uh, and I'm waiting for people to get back to me on it. And like I said, this is this is the frustrating bit. When yeah, the waiting. Wait, wait, and wait. But there's ideas bubbling. And you know what? It's been really fun writing things specifically for the workshops. We did a Halloween workshop. Uh, a couple, well, for Halloween. I, I found out how difficult ghost stories were to write. I haven't done one of those in like probably 15 years and, that, and that's been fun it's all good but watch this space there will there will be things and what space can people watch if they want to find out more about you they can follow me on all the <laughs> socials i am my name on most of them that's nick perring n-i-k-p-e-r-i-n-g i'm on twitter i'm on insta um, i'm on facebook uh or my website nickperring.com that's www.n-i-k-p-e-r-i-n-g.com uh, and drop me a line if anybody does have anything that they would like me to, to look at. If anyone's got any general questions about writing, then give us a shout. It's always good to hear from people. And the library service, you know, you can do yes. your event, Brighton. Yeah, we're on at Chef Libraries um, across all the social medias. And then to find out about all of our events and also the events going on with Nick, it's cheflibraries.blogspot.com.
and of course hivesouthyorkshire.com for anything hive related as well yep and we want to see you know all these things are yeah, absolutely. there for you so you know come along and see if you enjoy it even if you're not sure nick it's been a pleasure chatting to you thank you very much for your time and we'll look forward to seeing more of you soon awesome thank you very much Our guest today was Nick Perring. You have been listening to the Sheffield Libraries podcast, the place to hear authors discuss their work, to explore stories, fact and fiction that we think deserve to be heard. I hope you'll join us again.